Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Well, we started this last week, and I'm going to do a little bit, a quick recap, and then we're going to actually hear a couple of testimonies today, and it's going to be amazing. So we're going to call up some people in just a minute, but this Testify series is really to raise up overcomers. How many of you want to be an overcomer? How many know you're called more than a conqueror, all that, but like, how many really want to do it? Like, overcome the enemy, like, throw his butt down, like, put him in under your where he already exists and just let him live there that's where the devil lives in my life he lives right there it's not a lot of real estate all right and florida is the most expensive place to live already so it costs a lot and i make him pay it's good all right <laughs> and i want to be an overcomer and i was i told this story last week but you should uh, go watch the whole sermon but i was um shocked at a conference I went to in New York a a few months back. I didn't have a lot of context for the conference. This conference really changed my life in many ways, but I get there and they say the first session like, hey, this whole conference is going to be testimonies. The whole thing. There's like 10 minutes of teaching and then 12 minute testimonies back to back for the entirety of the conference. I don't even know. I lost count of how many testimonies we heard. And it was the most impactful conference I've ever been to in my life. It was the most equipping and encouraging and empowering thing I've ever sat through. I'm like, this is amazing. You think, you know, we're like, we'll share one testimony at the conference and it'll be great or whatever. And I just, I was shown something else. And for me, of the value for the testimony really like got sparked and uh, rebirthed, however you want to say it. And I hope to give that to you today. But this is based on Revelation 12, verse 11. All right, the end of that, uh, I think we have 10 through 11 on the screens for you. But the end of it says the very popular phrase, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and by not loving their lives unto death. I don't like it when people don't quote the whole thing. For they love not their lives unto death. New King James says, and they love not their lives unto death. All right? You got to take the whole thing. It's not even the end of the sentence. You know what I mean? How many of you know? Like, does that bother anyone else? Like, they overcame the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, period, or exclamation point. That is not what the Bible says. Because you didn't finish the sentence. I went to English class. I learned about a comma. All right? It's a period with a tail on it. It means you keep reading short pause, keep reading. It's not the end of the thought. Are you with me? (laughs) Okay. Comma. All right. Don't put a period where God puts a comma. That'll preach. All right. So there's a comma. All right. I have no notes. Can you tell? All right. The importance of that boldness being included in this conversation is vital. So I have a definition for you. An overcomer, which I hope all of you will become and are. An overcomer is one who boldly proclaims their history with God, inviting others into his story as well. To boldly proclaim your own history with God in a way that invites others into his story as well. That's who I want to be. That's who I want you to be. And we've had a pretty bad uh, track record when it comes to evangelism efforts in the church. I'm kind of shocked at the growth of the church with our poor evangelism efforts. I'm like, this, that's the Lord. The Lord did that. He used our, <laughs> sorry, are you offended? Good. The wimpy attempts at sharing the gospel or the punitive attempts to, oh man, I've been approached at the movie theaters many times. If you died tonight, would you go to heaven or go to hell? I'm like, 
I kind of don't want to answer you just out of spite because I hate the way you're questioning that, right? I hate the whole line of questions. And you're like, well, that's how I got saved. Okay, well, the Bible says some are saved by the fear of the Lord. Keyword some. Some. It is not to be the main modality. You know what the main modality of my heart is? Hey, there's a rescuer for you. You can have help today, now, and forevermore. It's not if you died, would you go to heaven? Like, are you going through hell today? <laughs> that's, I have a solution for you. I, everything can be set right. You can have peace. You can have joy right now. They're like, nah, yeah, you can. I promise, here's what happened to me. And it's bold, boldly proclaiming your history with God that actually invites others into his story. So after this conference, I went to with the testimony being like reevaluated, revalued really in my heart, like in a new way. Uh, I really was so grateful because the first guy who got up to testify was actually a true blue evangelist. His name is Mike Rosas, and he got from the Lord just a simple outline. All right, I'm not into tracks. I'm not into scripts or any of that stuff because you all have your own story. Amen? Your story is not my story, but it's all his story. Amen? Amen? So we need an outline, in my opinion, uh, some guardrails to help you. And many of you said to me last week, that was so helpful. So I'm going to share it again. This is from the storyteller outline from my friend Mike Rosa. So we're going to put it up. The storyteller outline. All right? And it has four parts. First part is you share your worst. My worst. Okay? This is where I was at my worst. This is where I was in trouble. This is the part of me that I kind of like to forget about the part of my story that just, man, it was ugly, you know? And this is not the main part of the story. This is just the part that gets their attention, okay? This is the part that creates a connection because let me help you. There's two kind of people on the planet. You ready? Those who are healing from pain and those who are not. Everybody's got it. Everybody's in pain. Everybody has pain in their, in their history, every single person. So when you start here and you, you can actually start to create that connection point instead of like, you know, uh, hi, uh, have you accepted the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior? That is so weak sauce, bro. I'm sorry. I don't even find it in the Bible. Like, Paul didn't preach that way. They didn't. You know what Paul did? He started with his story. <laughs> He started with his horse. He's like, I was the worst of them. I actually killed the people in God's church. I have no even right to be talking to you. He started with his worst, right? Number one, your worst. Number two, God's best. This is where God came in and the intersection of your bad day and his best for you came to life. This is the salvation moment. This is the moment of rescue from pain. This is the moment where everything was like the lights got turned on. Maybe it happened to church. Maybe it happened at the movie theater with someone who asked you that question. Hallelujah. I'm not against it, all right? Let's get everybody in no matter how they come, right? But I'm just saying, look at the effective rate, all right? It's holding a sign on the street corner saying, God hates you is not the gospel, and it doesn't work. Just go ask that person, how many people you've led to Jesus with this method? Tell me the number. Give me the number. No, don't do that. That's what I do. That's how I do it. Don't do that. Not good pastoral guidance there. I do that because I, I'm me. You pray for them. I don't know. All right, get out of this quickly. This is God's best where he came in and wrecked your life, changed everything, met your heart. You encountered him. Something happened. God showed up. He showed up and it was real. You know, for me, I was eight years old in my moment of salvation at a church service, an evangelist 
magician, no joke, no joke, came to my church on a Friday night and did a magic show, and it was an outreach. And so we invited all our friends to the magic show. I've been in church. I went from the womb to the pew. But eight-year-old Caleb's sitting there, and he did all these tricks, right? And then at some point in the whole thing, he said, hey, everything I did today was fake. It's an illusion. It's just for fun. But there was a man 2,000 years ago. It was not fake. He died for real. He rose again for real. He pulled it off. It was the real deal. His name's Jesus. And for me, it was the first time it got in my spirit. And I ran down that aisle to accept the Lord and give him my life. Sorry, I'm just remembering it. It's real for me, okay? That was the moment where he grabbed me. I used to tell the story that I walk, I just walked down the island. I can take you to the church at First Baptist Church of Dover. Praise God. And I can take you to the moment right there on the carpet. Right there, I dropped tears and gave my life to Jesus. I could take you there. Ah, I'm trying to not be there so potently right now, but it's real for me. And I used to tell a story that I walked, you know, I said, Dad, I want to go down there. And I walked down there and we walked together. My dad said, no, Caleb, that's not the truth. I'm like, what? I did. I asked you. We walked. He's like, you asked me and then you just started running. I had to chase you. You were running. <laughs> so I ran to Jesus. That was God's best for me in that moment of salvation. And it was real. It was real. I had conviction of sin. I didn't want to do the wrong thing anymore. All right, something changed in me, you know? And then part three, the culmination. The culmination. What came as the result? What happened because of that? What changed in a long term? Not just in the moment, but what happened? And this is where it gets a little tricky, and maybe you should assess your own story, because if nothing has changed, you have not met Jesus. I love you enough to tell you, if your heart has not changed, if there's no change you can put your finger on, you did not meet the Lord of glory. Because when he comes and gets in your face and shows you his love, the automatic result is every knee bows, every tongue confesses, and something changes on the inside. You might not have stewarded it well. I'm not talking about your, like, sinlessness. I'm not talking about that. I'm sorry. Did something change? What was the result? And if there's been no result, then you shouldn't leave here today without one. You should not leave here today without one. I love you enough to say it. Like, I'm bold enough to say, if there's been no change, you haven't met Jesus. He's the author of life. Everything changes when you meet him. Can I get an amen? amen. Has anyone had a change? Yeah, come on. <clears throat> a culmination. I started, you know, being more patient or, you know, my heart posture towards people changed. I started, you know, caring about others more than I cared for myself. There was a noticeable difference, the culmination. And then we're not just telling our stories to impress. We're telling our stories to impact, to have an impact. So part four is the most vital part. It's the ask, the ask. And let me tell you, if you go through the first three parts, this part gets a lot less scary. It does because you have connected with them. You've built faith in their heart for what God can do. You've shown them that it's real through the culmination, and now it's an easy ask. It's an easy ask where you invite them into his story, and you leverage your own situation, and you say, you know, I had that. Maybe you have something like that, or maybe you've been through that, or maybe you're there right now. Would you want to come out of that? Would you want something different for your life? You can have it. Jesus can meet you right now. He's alive. We can pray. You can come to my church, whatever. The ask. Are you with me? Isn't this good? I, Mike Rose says he promised me he'd have his book out by now. He doesn't. But 
shouldn't say it that way. He has, he's going to be releasing a book on this, which is, I asked him, can you put it out by July? He's like, it'll totally be out by July. Nope. Anyway, so take the outline and start to build your own story, okay? And start to build yourself in this. But right now, we're going to bring up these stools, and we're gonna, you're going to have two, you're going to hear from two people today in this gathering about their own story, and we're going to use this outline. It's going to be conversational because I just want to reinforce the, the method and everything. So we're going to take about 10 minutes with each. Uh, you might not have 10 minutes when it comes to your situation. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, your situation and sharing this and evangelizing out there, you might have 60 seconds, and you should be good at both. But today, we just want to reinforce it and share some stories. Sound good? Yeah? Okay, well, let's welcome up Kimberly Martins. She's going to come share. She is, I guess you're serving right now because she just gave off her camera. She's here. She's on our serve teams, uh, serves at Thursday Night Prayer. And we're just going to talk through it. It's ready to go. We're going to talk through everything. What do you, yeah, get your notes. They came prepared. I prepared them. I sent an email. Yes. And the point is, we really want you to see how this outline can work for you. Amen? I want you to see the, the ease of it, hopefully. And we're just going to do a little interview conversation style. So thanks for sharing. Thank you for coming up here. And we're all on a journey. We're all continuing in this story with God. Amen. Uh, but what would you say, if you had to answer the question, what is your worst? What is that, that situation? Okay. So for me, um, I was about 17 years old. Well, 18 or 19. And um, my worst was being scared of like everything, but there were a few things that um, were, okay, so I would be driving down the street and like lean back the whole time I'm driving because I was afraid someone's going to shoot me. Wow. And um, also I was afraid every time Peter would go to work that he was going to fall off a ladder and die. These were just like vain imaginations. I pictured them and um, thought about them constantly. And so Peter didn't even work on ladders. Like every day? Like this was just an image in your head? <laughs> yeah, it was that. normal to me. I thought everyone thought like this. So, um, yeah, that was, yeah. And how long did that last, that whole kind of situation? Um, so maybe a year. Wow. I meant to go over the details with Peter for sure because there was a time where I was driving down the street. We were together. I think we were engaged, and I started telling him, "I was like, do you feel? Do you lean back when you drive? Like, or I was leaning back, and he said, what are you doing?' Or I don't remember. And um, I said, "Don't you ever think like someone's gonna shoot you when you're driving?" And he was like, "No." So I started telling him other things and like about him falling off a ladder and stuff. And he looked at me and he's like, "That's not." He's like, "That's not normal." And for the first time, I was like, oh, maybe that's not normal. Right. I had just grown up with fears, though. So for me, it was, this was like, you know. The height of it. The height, I would yeah. say, at that time. Um, so him saying that's not normal was like an aha moment. Like, wow. oh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So being struck by fear was a lifestyle for you. It's just you thought everybody was constantly afraid of specific things and yeah. imagined them and had horrible thoughts and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And then it took, you know, your husband-to-be or husband or whatever. I think we were engaged. To, to come in and be like, no, it's not it's like, Yeah. Wow, wow. So what would you say, what happened next? What was God's best for you? 
Okay, so uh, it was we were engaged, and we would have prayer meetings at Peter's apartment where we were going to live when we got married. And um, let me see, make sure I don't skip something important. Okay. Um, okay, so when it changed was during this prayer meeting, um, we would have friends, we invited anyone from church that wanted to come, and a guy that was operating the prophetic um, a lot would show up, and so he would teach us how to pray for people and how to prophesy over people, and it was my turn, and he um, started praying for me, and I, before I was like not feeling spiritual, I wasn't like, yeah. I was like, man, I want to like hear something, I want to feel something, but I was not, yeah. I just wasn't there, and um, so... He, it was my turn to get prayed for, and he started praying for me, and my head, like, caught on fire, and it was, like, burning, and um, I didn't know what was happening, but I also felt peace, so I wasn't afraid, but it was intense, and then after a few minutes of that, I'm like, okay, God, I can't take any more. Did the AC turn off or anything, or did someone, no. like, start breathing on you really heavily? Or? No. Okay. He just had his so. hand on me, and I was just, like, on, I was on fire. It was hot, and later he told me he's never felt anyone that hot before. But, um, so after that, I, um, I didn't realize like anything had changed. Um, and I actually want to say like, as I was preparing for this and thinking about my testimonies, I felt like I had written down several and I felt like God said, you know, what's a common theme throughout all of these? And everyone's is different. Everybody's story is different. But for me, I had gotten saved. I had kind of grown up in church, but I regained my life to him when I was 17. And he had broke off a lot of depression and stuff and really changed my life at that point. Yeah. Um, but a common theme for testimonies after that was I was like, even though I had these fears, I was consumed with him. Like, I just wanted to be with him all the time. So it was like I had the torment that I thought was normal, but I wasn't. I was consumed by him. So I felt, I feel like what he was saying was like, I wasn't consumed by this right. fear as much as I was him. I was more in love with him. And so, um, when the, so when the guy prayed for me, a couple of weeks went by and I'm, um, all of a sudden one day woke up and I was like, I haven't been afraid in a couple of weeks. And I was like, I've been feeling really good. Like what, you know, like, and I started realizing I felt light and life and happy. And wow. um, so I went back to that moment. I just think God reminded me. And he's like, ask what that means. Because I had no idea. I was kind of new to this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so the guy was like, uh, I don't know. He knew. But he's like, I've heard it can be strongholds getting broken off. And so maybe that. And I didn't know what a stronghold was. But I figured it was something really demonic and evil. And so I'm like, don't have strongholds like not me like no what never me and so I was really confused and then that night I went home and was watching tv at my parents and um flipping through the stations and tbn came on with Benny Hinn and I just flipped past it and then I felt like God said go back and listen so I went back and he was talking all about strongholds uh -huh. and what they are and how they grip you and like all this how they affect your life and so I realized I was like whoa like those were strongholds and they got broken off and they've never come back. Like I can drive come down the street and like. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Come on. Like if you're going to be afraid to drive, Florida would be the place to be afraid to drive. 
like, yeah, Florida, you, there's a little bit of justification for being afraid of This was in a little town in where I had the fear. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> in Minnesota. Wow. And wow. so, um, that's amazing. Here, I, I'm not afraid to drive. Like, yeah. I don't really think about it anymore. And we were at the River Church when we first moved yeah. here, and a guy was sharing testimonies, and he's like, yeah. I was driving down the street on Martin Luther coming to church, and a guy was pointing his gun at me, and I was like, oh, my God, like, it could happen, and I'm not even scared. And I'm not, I'm in the place where it happens, and now I'm not afraid. And wow. now, like, too, for Peter, he does much more uh, work that could be dangerous, and it doesn't, like, I don't feel afraid. Like, Come I have on. peace with what he does Come on. and stuff. So. That's Jesus. Come on. Come on, yes. So... That's kind of the culmination, too. Obviously, you came out of that, and now it's, it's different for you. And if you were, you know, if you and I were talking, or maybe you can talk to the room, and how would you leverage that moment to make an ask? How would you ask it? Okay. And you came prepared. I love it. Because <laughs> um, this is the most important part. Like, now, maybe someone is like, wow, that's cool. Wow, that's great. You know, but if there's no ask, then they're left with being in awe of, of your story but they're not invited into his story for themselves. Amen? So this is the most important so, part. I just put, like, do you need Jesus? Like, do you know you need him? Or, like, I was, when, when Jesus saved me at 17, I was in, like, really horrible depression, and my mom was sending me to counseling appointments, and I hated it. I was like, this is not where I'm going to get freedom. Yes, that helps some people, but I knew at this moment in my life, I was like, I just need Jesus. Like, wow. that was just, I wasn't, I was saved, but had done my own thing. And I knew I just needed Jesus. And so finally, we found a church and um, stuff happened and I got saved. And then, so the depression and all that stuff, like, broke off and I didn't have to go to counseling anymore. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, but it's not bad. I yeah. definitely go. I've we gone, like counseling here. I've That's gone good. since then. So <laughs> this was just a particular story yeah. um so i would say for the ask like do you know you need jesus and nothing else will help you or wow. do you want to know his love that is better than anything else you could ever want so do you know that you need him or do you um yeah. do you want to know his love like that do you want to know his love i mean what yeah. what an amazing way to frame it that's so beautiful can we say thank you to kimberly and the lord Thank you for sharing. So good. Come on, isn't that powerful? Isn't that amazing? And if you're here and you have, you have fear, you have these things happening in your life, come down. We're going to have a prayer team in just a few minutes. Come down and say, I, I want to be free like that. I want to be free like that. Our prayer team is well-trained, and they're ready to receive you. So you have an opportunity to respond to that ask. Do you want to know the love of Jesus like that? I mean, I do. <laughs> yes, more, Lord. Give me whatever. So amazing. Thank you again, Kimberly. Really appreciate you. We have one more. Can you handle one more? Yeah, okay. Isn't this good? It's good. All right, Sebastian, get on up here, bro. Let's welcome Sebastian Magnoni. Guitar player, serve team member extraordinaire. Also probably served on almost every team at the resting place, like Brit. Yeah. yeah. So I have, I have definitely. Thank all you for being willing to share everything yeah. let's you know talk to them it's good hi say hi say hi to the people hey guys <laughs> okay how y'all doing <laughs> i know it's sunday we're all still waking up That's oh the man excuse we he always was here use. early he was here <laughs> early for band practice so yeah it's good 
So, Sebastian, what would you say? How would you answer that question? You know, what was what was your worst? Um, my worst. It always brings me back to before I was fully dedicated. It's like that last step, that life yeah. I lived. I think I was like 22, 21. I started a little late in the game. I wasn't like super young, fully devoted to the Lord. You know, I I went through a lot of stuff in my life at that point until 21. Like uh, I had a younger brother that passed away and I hated God for it. I had to watch my mother ask him, please don't let him die. And I watched it all happen. And so I hated him for it. I had a lot of hate for him. I had a lot of hate for myself. And by the age of 21, I struggled a lot with depression, with anxiety, panic attacks. I would pass out because I'd get so nervous the moment that I walked outside because I'd be like, what if something happens? What, what, you know, what if I'm not okay? What's going to happen to me? I don't have a car. I don't got nothing. I couldn't ride and hang out with people. Uh, I was with, on drugs just to be okay. That's the only time I felt normal and I hated myself. Wow. I, I would lay in my bed and I was like, God, if you are real, could you at least just take a piece of my brain out that makes me feel this way, this depression, this anxiety, this freaking out? Because everyone tells me it's in my head. Okay, if I, if I lose all my memory from this little piece of brain that you take out and have to restart, do it. I don't care. And I was willing to kill myself because I was so fed up with my life because I couldn't, I didn't have a cure. I didn't have nothing. And yeah. So that was all of these, those horrific events and all these things that happened all the way up to 21, yeah. 21. Yeah. And so you just, that was kind of like uh, what Kimberly shared. It was just kind of like you didn't know another way of living. Yeah. You didn't know another way. And you were even willing to say, take, just remove just take out the memories, like remove a piece of my brain. That's a radical, that's a desperate place. I was desperate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Wow, man. Thank you for sharing that, being vulnerable. No problem. What, what was the moment where God's best came in? Um, God's best came in uh, a little church in Apollo Beach called the Life Church. Um, it was it was Ruskin at the time. And uh, my my brother, he's my friend, not my blood, but he was one of the only people that I felt like he was my brother. Yeah. And he gave me an ultimatum. He's like, hey man, I love you. I would love for you to come to church with me. If not, I don't, I can't, I can't have someone that's in the dark. I wow. need to have people that are in the light. Wow. And so. And at this moment, you hate God. I hate God. You hate yourself. I hate myself. Wow, that's a bold move. That's a bold by move. By your friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And wow. He knows it. He knows you hate he, God. He, he knows. knows. He knows. He's saying, you're, you're in the dark. I need you in the light. And I, wow. I'm telling you, I wanted to rip his head off. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Good. I don't, I don't think I'm strong enough, but I would have tried. Oh. Um, thank the Lord for self-control. Um, yeah. So I said, no, I'm not going to go. I don't care. I don't care. And I slept on it. I still realized that my life was terrible, yeah. and the only person that was there for me said, come with me, wow. or I have to leave you behind. I said, so I said, okay, God, if this is legit, I'm going to go, and you better show up. Yeah. I, something better happen, because I am just tired. Wow. I'm tired. And I went. I went, and... Weirdest thing happened. 
I felt at home the moment that I walked into wow. that church. Like, I knew that God was there. Wow. People were loving me. It was the first time that I could be myself wow. and be completely accepted. And it made me realize, like, wow, I, I love myself. Wow. And, I, you know, by the time worship ended and all that stuff, I had a ton of questions. Yeah. But the weird thing is that I didn't, not once had anxiety, not once had a panic attack, not once struggled, struggling with, like, suicidal thoughts. I was clean. Wow. I was like, huh, wait a second. I didn't really notice until I got back home, and my friend was like, yo, that was great, right? I was like, yo, dude, that was so cool. He's like, were you okay? I'm like, oh, yeah, I actually was. It was the first time in years that I was okay. So I, I kept going, and God just kept giving me more and more, and I felt secure, and he pretty much told me, let me handle it from now on. Let me take care of it. Because you've been trying to fix this Lego piece. Like, you, you go to Walmart, you get a Lego thing, you try to put it together. It's too much, way out of your league, okay? <laughs> let, let the Lord, the creator, do it for you, okay? That's pretty much what he was trying to say. He's like, Sebastian, just, just come Someone's on. having let a hallelujah go. moment over yeah. here. Like, yeah. yes, Lord, yeah. that's a word for me. Legit, <laughs> it's, it, it's as simple as that. And the Lord is really funny when he talks to me because I'm a funny guy. He's simple. Every God talks to you in, in, yeah. in a, every specific way that you would understand and not someone else's. So don't be upset when someone says, yeah. I don't think that's the Lord. And be like, that's okay because he said it to me and not you. Yeah. Okay. If it aligns with his word, Preach. it's good. So that yeah. was his best for me. And I lived that out ever since Come on. 21 yeah, to now. And How old are you I, now? I love myself. How old are you now? I am 30. So turning that was 21, and from then till now, turning 31, yep. almost 10 years, right? Yep. And you, you're saying, what has changed? What, what came about? It's been a consistent change? <laughs> consistent change, constant growth, constantly knowing more of who I'm created to be. And you love uh, yourself. I love myself. I have plans. I have purpose that he's given me, things that I could never, ever imagine of, I, 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 like imagined for myself. God placed people to tell me that, hey, he has big plans for you. I was like, cool. What is it? He's like, I don't know. I just know they're big. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, then I'm going to go look for them. Come on. And each year I would get closer and finding something new and something new and something new. And it just, I cried. I cried almost like every year on my birthday, I would cry. And I was sad but happy because I'm like, I realized that I totally left that life behind and I never have to go back to it. But Come I'm also on. like walking into a new life every year of growth. Wow. And I can look back in each year and realize like, wow, I'm still growing. Come on. And That's amazing, bro. Someone say thank you, Jesus. Before we move on to the next part, I just got to say it because I lead a church, okay? I just got to <laughs> point something out. The reason Sebastian's sitting in this chair it's because somebody said, you're coming to church with me or else. Somebody just brought him to church and he met Jesus through the people of God. How hard do you think it is to do that? Like really, really. Come on, guys. Let's go. Let's go. Listen to the Lord. It's going to be specific. I'm not saying get your whole life, everyone you meet here. I'm not, that's not the only modality, but... This man is here because another one said, you're coming. You're coming with me. And I'm going to walk with this, with you with this. Come on. Don't give me no excuse about, I don't know how to lead someone to Jesus. Bring them. 
Don't lead them. Bring them. Bring them to Jesus. Bring them here. Come on. Is this accurate? I'm, I'm, absolutely. I'm not mischaracterizing no, the situation. No, absolutely. He uh, said, you're coming or else. I can't do this yeah, with you yeah. unless you come with me. Yeah, and it's simple. It, that was the ask, and there was no commitment on his end to come years after when I stayed. Right. That was the season for him. He, he came. He took me in. He took me to church. And then, you know, he stopped coming, honestly, oh, like a few weeks later. <laughs> and I kept going. So I don't want you to think like, okay, if I ask a guy to come right, to church, right. I have to be on him all the time. I got to be his babysitter. And I don't, have a, I don't have time to commit to that. No. Calm down. Let God build the Lego set. Let yeah. God be God Let and God build, build the Legos. Build, Give yeah. it to the Lord. Let him I do it. I love it. So good. Yeah. So if you were here and we're having a conversation or whatever, you just told your story, how would you leverage that for an ask? How would you ask and invite would, others? <laughs> I would say... If you feel trapped, if you feel hopeless, if you feel like you've given everything and you're just desperate for an answer, you'll do anything. Yeah. Trust him. Trust him. Ask him. You have nothing to lose. If you're going to give your life away, give your life away to him. Come on, Sebastian. Accept him. Give him a chance. Stop dipping your toes in the pool. Jump in the pool and, and just be completely enwrapped in his love and let him just overwhelm you with his presence and his love and his plans yeah. and his, his identity for you. Come on. Finally understand through him who you really are. Come on. That's a great way to ask, my friend. Can we say thank you to Sebastian for sharing this? So I just asked him, and he said yes, thank God. Uh, he, Sebastian is going to join the prayer team this morning because I feel like maybe there's one or two uh, who really resonate with that and need, need to just talk to him and pr be prayed over by him. So he's going to be down here. And I would like the rest of you all to stand and our prayer team to come on down, and Sebastian as well. Man, wasn't that powerful? Come on. Here's my real question. Do you think you can do that? You feel like you could do that? You feel like you could frame that around, you know, your, your situation and everything? I mean, come on. It's easy, right? It's easy. And look at the power. I mean, he's on the serve team. He's leading worship. He's an incredible worship leader in his own right. I mean, Kimberly's here serving. Like, their lives are different, and yours can be too. And if you're here, and maybe like them, you even gave your life to Jesus at an early age, but you've just been walking outside of his love and mercy. You've been walking in a way that's culminated in not good things, self-hatred, things like that. Do not leave without coming down to this prayer team. Like Sebastian said, what do you have to lose? You ready to end your life? Okay, end it. Gain his. Give your life to him. That's what happens. We believe here in a spiritual exchange. The exchanged life, more than the changed life, is the reality of following Christ. And that when you say yes to him, that he died, he rose again, you believe that he paid for all of your pain. He made the payment for all the things you're struggling with so that you could know love, true love forever. You just believe that. You agree that that's true. You believe it in your heart. He comes in and makes a difference. He comes in and makes a difference. And it's about believing that he is who he said he is so that you, he can start to to pour out that belief in you. You can believe who you are. You can believe that God has a plan for you. You can believe that you're not here on accident. Amen? And you're not supposed to struggle. It's an exchange of your life for his. And it's life and life abundantly. Amen? These two are not the only two with a story in here. These two are not the only two 
with history. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.